0: You guys can probably see what happened to you me know, over the weekend. You know about the, the cookies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You see, the, you see the cookies. I mean, look at me. You know about the Girl Scout cookies. Come on. Come on, so you know the Girl Scout cookies. They're once a year, and they're like Christmas every year. Am I wrong? Because you forget about them the rest of the year. And then they always have that one friend, hey, you want to order any Girl Scout cookies? My dog would be so happy. And so we ordered like 20 boxes. That lasts for three months, and then we're going to throw them away because we overindulge ourselves so much we get sick. And then we think we're never going to eat those again. And then the next year comes, we're like, oh, so funny. You know, we're going we're to get the, the Girl Scout cookies again. And uh, so my buddy brings uh, Girl Scout cookies this weekend. Josh, notice I was five, he was in my wedding, okay? So we're, we're, we're kind of good friends most of the time shows up with Girl Scout cookies, and I have a history. I have baggage with these cookies. Years ago, we bought some cookies. I still live with my mom, and we had a surplus of cookies, and you you, you probably knew that by looking at me. I mean, if I see it, that's what you're going to see. What I see is what you see. And you know that I, I had all those cookies every night and I would wake up every night at like 1 a.m. and I'd binge on the cookies and I'd wake up with this ache and it got so bad. I mean, you know that like for five years I wouldn't touch Girl Scout cookies after that because I was so scarred from overeating the Girl Scout cookies. You guys know that. I mean, look at me. If I see it that way, that's, that's what you're going to see. Whatever I see, that's what it is, right? So he shows up with the cookies and I'm thinking, oh no, not this again. And I start shaking start shaking, you know, because it's like a drug addiction. Guess what happens? I wake up a couple nights ago, can't sleep. Six Girl, got, girl hey, Six girls got cookies and milk. And to be honest, six was not too much for me. I've done way more than six. That was me being disciplined. It happened again. Guess what? I woke up feeling sick. But I'm sure you can tell by looking at me. Because when I think cookie, I think all that. And so if I see it that way, that's how you're going to see it. When they left, my buddy, he he didn't shave for like a long time. He, he looked awful. He had like a straggly beard. It looked like he hadn't shaved in like two weeks. I mean, who does that? He he had some grays straggling out. And when he left, I mean, I'm not going to talk about people, but I said, Michelle, do you see, Josh? He, look, he would look 10 years younger if he shaved. Why did he do that? And you know, my kids, like, they say, Dad, you should shave. And I would never do like him. And they say, your face hurts our skin. I say, no, no, it's not. I didn't shave for a couple days, guys. And, and don't kiss me, Dad, because it, it hurts, it's ripping my skin off my face, Dad. And I said, no, it's you no, it's I I shave for a couple days. And he left, and I said, why on earth would he do that? And you know, I just. Hey. You know, he kind of he looked like this. In fact, he had the couple strays, you know, that's what happens in your late 30s. Couple streaker eggs coming out of the beard. He had this. I have that. It looked just like him. I, I never noticed that. I, I saw it. I saw him. it. It's easy to spot on him, but I never would have thought that I looked just like him. It was just as bad as this. <laughs> Who knew? So easy to see in someone else. Anyway, that's just a random story. But did, did, question for you today is that does your life reflect the image of God? Of course it does. I'm an angel sent from heaven. I'm sure you are, right? That's not maybe what other people think or say when you're not looking. But really, does your life reflect the image of God? Our relationship with God might be compromised if we view ourselves in a way that does not reflect how God views us. Sometimes we have to step outside our own perspective once in a while and take a look in from the outside and see how others might be viewing us as it might not be explained an image that is pleasing to God, respectful of God, and not supportive of the creation God called us to be. If your life was a mirror, got a mirror, props are cool. If your life was a mirror of God, I always check. Do you guys know about the colic? See, I can't. As soon as I, see the, I see myself. I see all these things. You guys must see me. You know the colic in the back, I can't stand. That if anybody looks at this side of my face, you know You know about that. It's, it's better on this side. I mean, the picture's on this side. Because that's what I see. It's whatever I see. How I see it. If your life was a mirror of God, what would others see? Say that again, if your life was a mirror of God, as Christians, what would others see? If we go to James, one of my favorite books, not because it's one of the shortest, but I do like that too. This is the brother of Jesus Christ himself, bro. Writing the scriptures, chapter one, verse twenty-two through twenty-five, he says, "But be doers of the word and not." Hearers only deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing himself in a mirror. Hey, that's what I'm doing. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. I heard him but maybe I'm not doing it. But he looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. How many know that faith is belief when it takes action? Faith is not belief. It's belief in action. Doing is faithful. Thinking is belief. But he who is not only a hearer, but a doer of this work, this will be the one that will be blessed in what he does. I mean, I saw the beard on Josh, and I thought, awful. But I had the same here. I didn't. That ruins. If your life was a mirror of God, what would others see? Well, we know. We know when we see ourselves, we get all kinds of thoughts, right? We see everything: the good, the bad, the ugly, the great, the perfection. Some of us think we see every flaw. When I see me, I, I know about the weird-shaped nostrils on my face and that this side's weirder than the other. And if you see me in a picture, it needs to be from this side because you notice that, too, because that's how I see it. And you know about the collet that I used to have the hairspray down when I was a kid. My mom would have vibed the hairspray because God knows no one could stand to look at this at couple Dennis dentists and men's hair that would stick up and drive me crazy because that's how I saw it. So that's what you thought, right? We see every detail. We see every past detail problem, and we sometimes project it on other people, and we display this image of all these fail points that we force you to know about, even though maybe that's not what others actually are seeing. Some of us don't have that problem at all. Some of us think we're great. No need for improvement. Some of us think I'm successful. I'm perfect. I don't need to change anything. There's really no need to improve me. But is that what others think when they see you? Is that what God thinks when He sees you? It's an interesting question. When I was in the sixth grade, some of y'all might not know about this hairdo, but they called it the side spike. A side spike is still in the room? I don't think so. I haven't seen it anymore. No side spikes, right? The side spikes where you had like a normal dew, and then just where it was departed, it was really short and you had it spiked, and you'd, you'd spray it, and it'd be spiky. Well, no one ever told me that my hair was too long for my side spike. And so I had this conception of a side spike for most of my young adult life of how it was in elementary school until I looked back in my 30s. And what I had was a hair dome. You know, like when women get their hair cut short, it's kind of poofy and fancy and, and all fluffy. That's what my hair looked like. That's not what That's not what I saw. And the, the spiking area was so long, it was locked down with hairspray. Like I said, my mom had it on... On can tap and should, every morning before church, I'd be in her bathroom. I know it's weird, but it's the truth. And I'd spray that puppy so thick that the hair, even though it was like way too long to be a spike, it would just be like this hair just floating out there in space, not moving because of so much unnatural chemicals holding it together. But in my mind, it was a side spike. And let me also mention that I had these bangs that were god awful. Thank you, Jesus, for not striking me dead for having such an awful haircut. But it was to hear. Straight across, hard as a rock. It was like a helmet. You could knock on my head, and if I fell, I was good. It's protected by the hairspray. I probably developed some disease. I used so much hairspray as a kid because I had wavy hair, and my friends had straight hair, and so I wanted straight hair. So I had to, just, I had to just do all this work with a dryer and hairspray to make it kind of feel straight. And that's why my side spike I think never worked because I have curly hair, curly. Some of us think we're generous. When we see ourselves in the mirror, we see a giver. I am a giver. I tipped 10% to that waiter. I gave him 5% one day. It didn't do so good. I am a giver. Well, you know, giving is not just with your money. Giving is with your life. It's with everything. Oh, I give. I give. I mean, I I say hi to people when they say hi to me. I give. I give hellos. Some of us think we're generous, we're givers, full of love. I am so full of love, but others, do, do they see you? When they see do they see love? I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I saw, the, I saw the beard on Josh, but I didn't see it on my own face. So maybe the flip is the same. Maybe what I see could be different. We, we all have that friends. Some of us feel like the victim. We're the victim. No matter what, we're the victim. We can, we can grab someone by the jugular and throw them down on the ground and, 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 and strangle them and pull them Mortal combat. I don't know if you remember this in the finish You rip their, you know, you rip their you know what out of the heart. It's really, it's really not Christ-like, but that's what you do in the game. And then they go, I was the victim. They do that to me after they just demolished you. Some people just keep telling themselves, I'm the victim. It doesn't matter that I created the problem. It doesn't matter that I was the devil in the flesh and acted on the problem. But I'm the the victim. So whatever it is I say it is, it's, it's what I become. But that doesn't mean that's what others see when they see the situation. In fact, it might be different what others see from what you see They see a jerk when you think you're good Samaritan. They see a jerky person. They see the opposite. It can be shocking. If you get a job, and the job says, you got to be able to lift 10 pounds and type 10 words a minute, which I think is, like, really slow, but, you know, functional. <clears throat> and you can't type. And you get fired, and you can't lift 10 pounds, and you get fired. But I tried my best. I did such a good job. How could they fire me? That's how I see it. I gave my best. But the employer's looking at the fruits you produced. They're not looking at all the things inside of why you gave me your best. They're saying, hey, you couldn't get the job. It's not personal, bro. It must be me. They don't like me and, and all these things, and I gave them my best, and I don't deserve that. But they're saying, you couldn't do what the child said. You, you're fat fingering everything. It's typing, not, not this. This is not typing. We gotta fire you. I'm sorry. Hey, we ran out of budget. We're laying you off. That's a politically correct way of saying you're fired. We're laying you off. They see the fruits you produce, outsiders see the fruit, the fruit you produce, not all those things you're hypersensitive to on the inside. They don't. They can't read your mind. They're not sensitive to the areas you're sensitive to, like the color. They don't see. Okay, maybe they don't see the cookies then. But, but because I think the cookies, when I know that I ate them, I just assume that you would see the same. But that's not always the case. Sometimes they see the devil when you think you're an angel. God hope that's not any of us, but that does happen. You know in the Garden of Eden. The devil offered to Eve uh, a scenario that was so similar to what God said, sometimes they get, they look similar. Sometimes God and the devil can look real similar, but this is something slightly off. So we can think we're Christ-like and being, you know, the vessel of the living God as the Spirit flows through us and His light touches the world, but maybe we're actually reporting to the wrong spirit. The devil. Maybe our actions look more devilish than Christ-like. No, that couldn't be. But others see it different than you do. Did you know that how you treat others is a reflection of how you treat God? If you come to church, I and mean, that's great, but you go flick everybody off and you get in traffic and you go run them off the road and everything, do you know you're doing that to God according to Matthew 25, 40? It's one of my only verses I have memorized off the, off the cuff. He says, and the king will answer and say to them, "Surely I say, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers. You did it to me. When you do it to them, you do it to him. Ooh, I didn't think about that. I thought it was just about showing up at church. Mm-mm. Not so, according to the scripture. What we do it to them, how we treat others is, reflection to God. But on the flip side, sometimes... Others see strengths in us that we don't see when we feel like there's no hope. They say, hey man, you're really good at that. You should you should do that more. Maybe you're really good at the scooter, and you think you're no good at the scooter, and you us a video and you show some videos and say, man, you are really good at the scooter. You should do that as long as you don't break any bones. You've got promise there. Your peers lift you up sometimes and show you where you have talents that you would not otherwise see because you're still thinking about Girl Scout cookies and messed up hair. To see the potential that's sitting right in front of you that others see from the outside. Perception from the outside is always different than what we see while we're in this situation. Oh man, that illustration could go on all day, so I just won't. I'll leave it there. I'm kind of a taskmaster. Uh, my dad was that way, my brother's that way, my mom's kind of that way. Guess that's why I'm that way. And if I'm not busy, 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 I feel like something's wrong. I have a tough time relaxing. Seriously. If I get to where there's nothing to do, I get I get anxious. So then I gotta find work. It's really sad, but I have this task list of, of paying the bills and working for a living. And my kids, they look at me and they say, "Dad, yeah, do you wanna play? And I said you know that I have this agenda I have to achieve. And don't you know that playtime is always second nature to me finishing all these tasks because it's important they have to be done? And maybe on the outside they're going, Dad's just too busy to play with me again. They see it different. I, I just assume they see it like me, a 39-year-old, and a four-year-old's gonna understand the same thing because that's the way I see it. They're gonna see it the same way. It's not true. Sometimes our attention is not always visible from the outside. you guys ever been in one of those situations? It happens to me once in a while. What's that movie, Meet the Parents? You know, Ben Stiller, like, the guy would give his best, and no matter, no matter what, he was always on the, the awkward end of the situation. There's a scene where he's trying to get on an airplane, and they're just closing the doors, and security ends up tackling the guy because they think he's assaulting the attendant and all these things. And he never meant any of those things, but he kept finding himself on the bad end of the stick from the outsiders. They just they don't see your intention as good sometimes, because they only see the fruits of what you're producing. And sometimes you produce a result you didn't intend for, but you had good intentions. But they're not going to see that, so don't bank on that. So does our image actually contradict the image of God, which is more important, and Nick, you with us? Wake up, buddy. It's more important than than what others think, and as a Christian, we need to, sorry, (laughs) my nephew, I just got to say it like I think, and I don't even even think first if this comes out. Love you, dude. Um, I love the USB, Okay. And we know the UFC is the ultimate fighting championship. Nick's, Nick, you're a big favorite of the UFC, aren't you? You love it. You love it. It's martial arts, okay? And I gotta admit, it's a little violent. But I don't like it for its violence, I like it for its competition and the level of uh, uh, skill that these athletes take their bodies to fight these matches. And there's this fighter that I really like, and she's, she's awesome, and she's actually the 145, 145 female champion right now. And they say she's just got killer instinct. She just, she sees them. Oh, man, she's she's on like a wolf, man. It's just killer instinct. And when she comes out, man, everybody's ready because they know she's going to knock that opponent out cold. Yeah. And then when the music comes on, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I'm not kidding. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our heart to be overwhelmed by your presence, Lord. As she comes out to put the smack down, I'm not judging, but hey, if I had a chance to talk to her with security nearby and the heavenly anointed spirit of the Lord on me, I'd say, hey, that looks different to me than that might look to you. As she comes out to pull this girl to unconsciousness as she walks the Holy Spirit in her walk. You're judging Jeff maybe a little bit try not to, but that's just, that's just that's a little crazy to me, man. On the outside, I see, it, I see it different. So, outsiders see it different, and sometimes what we see contradicts the image of God. If I'm claiming the blood of Jesus on my life, life and I treat people like dirt, I'm being deceived. You guys ever been in a road rates situation? Never, you never the aggressor. I know that. I know we're all good, faithful Christians here. But everybody's tasted the road rage. You know, it's, it's just a great when the guy tries to run you off the road and he doesn't want to kill you. He just wants to make you think you're gonna die. So he's gonna run you off the road and he's gonna he's screaming, and curse you in the mirror. And then you know maybe the cops show up and he gets out of the car and he's got the cross around his neck. Um, is that the cross? The, the one that Jesus died on? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, young man. Maybe what we see contradicts the image that God has planned for us to be. Maybe we're not shining the light of God. If my life was a mirror of God, what image would people see? Would he see death attack on Highway 40 until someone does die in some situations? It's happening. Outside perception often hurts But it's humbling. It's what I call constructive feedback because sometimes my brother's is what He would tell me what I don't want to hear but he'll tell me what I need to hear. And if something's not good, they'll say it wasn't good. I'll be like, oh, how dare him. I hope he doesn't come to this because he's going to tell me what he really thinks and I'm too prideful to hear. But it makes me better. That's what outside perception will do sometimes. But what does God see in us? When God sees us he doesn't see the cowlick, and he doesn't see the cookies cre- and he doesn't see all these things. He sees potential. He sees a beautiful creation. He sees a perfect plan that he's trying to give you from the, from the beginning that he's planned for you. He sees children that he loves. He sees where you're capable of, go- of going while you are still thinking about what's restricting you from moving where you are. He sees your potential, you to see your failures. He sees opportunity to use you as a vessel to witness to others because it's really about Him, it's not about us. He wants to use you as a vessel to shine His light, not our light. That's when the blessing comes back. See, when we understand what God sees us as, when we concern start Seeing what God sees, that's when everything comes together. That's when we find the perfect plan that God designed for us. It's getting those two in alignment. Your will will be done, Lord, but I don't want to give up this, and I don't want to give up this, and I don't want to give up this, and I don't want to give up this. Um, Okay, God says. (sighs) Keep swimming. Peter, if you just walk on the water, if I call, you will walk on the water. What's he do? But God, just starts falling in the water. Rescue me. We do it to him all the time. Martha last week. God, resurrect my brother now. I need you to do it my way, God. Well, if you would listen to me. I have a reason why I'm doing things, Martha. If you would listen And find finally so you understand that I have the power to resurrect the dead. Lazarus, come forth. We gotta, we gotta see what God sees through the renewal of our mind. Because how we view God is how we treat others. And how we view others, just like how we treat others, the reflection of God, how we view God is how we treat others. It's it's, It's both directions. How we view God sees in us, when we understand what he sees in us, we then will shine that light on others. Lives will be changed through you when you shine the light of God. When you understand how God sees you and the unconditional love he has for you, you become grateful. Ooh, I like selfish better. Man, grateful is special. When you feel grateful, you feel content. You don't feel like you got to buy 20 things on Amazon that week because you just feel content because you're grateful for what you have. Anybody like Amazon? Just me. It's quite addictive. Two-day should be shipping. A free shipping. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 through 11. It says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Whether there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythians, slave, or free, but Christ is in all. Christ is all and in, in all. When we understand how Christ views us and what he wants to give us through the infilling of his Spirit in the new creation, Christ he wants to make us, we become humble. We become grateful. A willingness and desire to serve others. We find a joy that we never. I used to think the word joy was so corny, now I say it all the time. We find joy, but that's the truth, that's what the Bible says. We become humble. We shift our focus off ourselves and onto other people. You know when you do that, your problems shrink and disappear most times. You want to get rid of your problems? Quit thinking about them. You want to heal from damage? Help somebody else. Help somebody else with their problem. Be a light, and your problems will vanish so fast. If your life was a mirror of God, what would others see? Sustained fulfillment. Balance in your life. You become truly unconditional in your effort towards others when you're a doer and not just a hearer. We become the image of Christ, the light of the world. The born again. The vessel to shine the glory of God. That's what we become when we really are mirroring God. That's what it's supposed to be. And that's what it will be if you shift your mind to think about it and what, how He sees us. Can we stand on our feet as we close? This week, find a mirror. Look in the mirror. God wants you to check yourself in the mirror, not check out yourself. What image am I reflecting? Some of you say, well, I don't do any of those things. I'm reflecting the image of God. Well, through sanctification, you always grow in your walk with God. And there's some things you're still not getting. But if you keep your focus on Christ in His image, He'll show you more. And you'll be able to reach more than you thought. You'll be able to touch people around you in ways you didn't think was possible. you would be able to do things that aren't of yourself, that are of Christ in you, because now the power of God is working through you. If I looked at some of the things I've ventured to do in my life, statistically, I probably wouldn't have done any of them. But I've always been the guy that says, that's not going to stop me. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And what's, what's cool about when it's God is It's not even me. It's it's God. God, This is awesome. It's your will. I know it will succeed if it's your will, Lord. So just use me as you've used me. It takes all the pressure off. That's the difference between starting a business and starting a ministry and all these things because one is for God and one is not the same. Now, it doesn't mean those things are bad. It doesn't mean God won't use you in those situations to touch business people and all these opportunities and different charitable events and all these things. Those are all good things. When you put the pressure on God, because He said He'll take care of it, just put your faith in Him, like with Peter, Doubt on the water. Put your faith, you won't sink; it. you'll walk on the water. You have to be a doer, not a hearer. Are you demonstrating an image that is pleasing to God, or displeasing? And some of you may be saying. I don't know how to have the image of God. God wants to make you a new creation when you give your life to God, when you repent from your sins. You say, God, I'm sorry. I know that I have not been living the life that I should have been living, and I need to turn from my sin and turn towards you, and I forsake all those things that I used to do, and now I live for you, God. That's repentance. When you get baptized, you say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm gonna follow you. Baptism is referring to who you follow. I follow Christ in the name of Jesus. I publicly declare declare my faith he is in Christ. And when you ask God to fill you with His Spirit, like in John chapter 3, when he told Nicodemus, How are we born again? He says you become a new creation. You'll hear it like the wind blows when I fill you. Now you are a vessel of the living God. Of the change. Lives, the power that is in you will overflow out of you. It is not of yourself, it is God. Let's pray. Lord, we're thankful to be here and have this opportunity to serve you faithfully and to hear your word. We pray this word sits in our heart and that we go this week and we think about what is bespoken that you have given today. And that we grow, and our image becomes the image you have for us, which is your image shining through us in everything we do. We don't have to be holier than thou. We don't have to be a Bible thumper. We just need to shine your light, and people will see you without us even saying a word. We know that's how powerful your spirit is to draw people near you. We ask all these things that you keep your hand upon us and so we have a safe week. And we are thankful for all that you have done for us. We are grateful how you've died for us. And in all these things we pray in Jesus' name, everybody say amen.